and thank you so much for joining us here at Cardo Kids Cast. I'm your host, Mel Shewitt, and today I'm joined by guest Heather Alexander, author of Only in America, The Weird and Wonderful 50 States. I talk to a lot of general research librarians and children's librarians at small libraries, and they know everything. Only in America explores the strangest claims to fame and the most unusual place names every state has to offer. Visit the city of Dinosaur, drop by the Pizza Museum, find out where it is illegal to feed a pig without a permit, and check out the world's only Carhenge. That's right, Stonehenge reconstructed using cars. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Heather Alexander, author of Only in America, The Weird and Wonderful 50 States. Hello, I'm Heather Alexander, and I'm the author of Only in America, The Weird and Wonderful 50 States. Hi, Heather. I cannot wait to dig deep into this book. There's so much information. Where did you get the idea for Only in America? And if you had to try to like put a pinpoint on it, how long would you say you worked on this book? So the idea started just as a weird and wonderful facts about the USA. It was the fast book all told about a year from start to completion um, with a lot of different variations and changes along the way. That is really fast a year from inception to completion. That's pretty quick. Yeah, well, luck- luckily there was a pandemic going on, so there wasn't much else to do. Yeah, so There was literally <laughs> nowhere else to go. <laughs> exactly. So you're representing all 50 states. How did you choose which facts would be included with each state or for each state in the final book? And um, further to that, what is your process like in general for paring down so much information? So on each spread, there is a section called fast facts. And that is the same for every state. So there's state capitals, there's funny place names, um, foods that are known just for that state cool inventions. And one part that I love, which was I had to choose two books um, that were set in that state. So not exactly about that state, but children's books that were set in that state. And that compared to everything else in terms of narrowing down the information is hard because there's so many fabulous things. Absolutely. Um, On the main spread, I included museums that were a little bit different and interesting. So not so much a natural history museum, but perhaps a pizza museum, Um, as well as fun festivals, monuments that were superlatives, the biggest, the longest, the most popular. And how did, I mean, there's a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of information, like, I mean, you could probably go on and on about each of those museums. So given that you know that you're, uh, who your audience is and right. they're a slightly younger audience, what was it like for you to sort of take all of that information? Like, what's your process like for taking all of that and paring it down into sort of bite-sized pieces for young readers? Like, did you feel like you had to leave a lot of important things out? Yes. Yeah, well, first off, I tend to write long what I call okay. it. So, <laughs> so I end up all those little bite-sized nuggets that you see in the book, each one of those started as a paragraph. And I put down all the information that I think is interesting or makes it different. Um, and then I start each time I open up the application or the page on my computer, I go back in and I make it smaller and tighter to narrow in on 
what's truly the most fun fact about it. Um, so it's not so much how many miles something is, but comparing it to the size of something else or that sure. it was the biggest or the first or whatever it may be. Making it very tangible and by comparing exactly. it to other things. That totally exactly. makes sense. What would you say were some of the challenges that you encountered other than having to pare down crazy amounts of text, <laughs> writing long, as you would say, yes. um, and what surprised you the most? It, it can be a fact or even just something about part of your research process that surprised you. So the, the hardest thing is while I always use the library when I research nonfiction books, um, one, the pandemic, and two, most of this information tends to be on the internet. The amount of misinformation out there. Um, I can't begin to tell you the number of cities around the USA who call themselves the strawberry capital of the United States or Fascinating. the or the whatever, you know, insert fruit or vegetable here. Yeah. Um, and most of these claims, if you start to dig into them, are self-proclaimed titles. Um, as well as, for example, um, there are, I think there's four, maybe five cities who claimed to have invented the ice cream sundae. And they all have backstory newspaper articles that prove they were the first. Um, and there's no real way to tell exactly who was the first um, because the reporting of ice cream sundaes back in the 1800s wasn't <laughs> fabulous. No. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, choosing to, choosing the one that you feel is the correct one or deciding that there really isn't a correct one. Um, and even misinformation in terms of things that you would think there wouldn't be misinformation. Um, the number of stairs leading up to a monument, which you would believe, you know, you could count and know, and then you start to dig in and there's four different counts of the stairs. So it's finding the right one. So like, what do you do with those kinds of challenges? How do you work to find the right answer? Um, so really, I will not put a fact in any of my books that I don't have at least three credible sources for. Um, and credible sources obviously are, you know, newspapers um, and magazines. But in this case, I had to check the festival, the museum's websites. I had to more often than not call these places to find out um, a lot of information, for example, there's the largest ball of twine, but they keep adding to the ball of twine. So how big the ball of twine ah, is yeah. today versus how big it was two years ago is a different number. And a lot of that was me tracking down the guy who's putting the twine around the ball <laughs> to find out how big it is. Um, a lot of town halls, the clerks in town halls were fabulous. And even more fabulous were the local librarians um, I talked to a lot of general research librarians and children's librarians at small libraries, and they know everything. <laughs> they were the great, great guys. It is true. They truly yes. do know everything. And if they don't know everything, they were quick, unlike most other people, to take my information down and say, I will go find out the answer for you. And, and they do call you back. Yeah, it's like a little challenge back. for them too. Exactly. <laughs> Looking for free downloadables to add to your lesson plans? 
Quarto Kids offers a wealth of teacher guides, activity kits, and educational materials to supplement everything kids are learning, no matter the age range, subject matter, or setting. Check out our downloadable resource at QuartoKnows.com forward slash R forward slash educator resources. That's Q-U-A-R-T-O-K-N-O-W-S dot com forward slash R forward slash educator resources. Um, switching gears a little bit, you are a, you're an author. You've been writing, you've written a few nonfiction books. What advice would you give to aspiring authors? Really, like anything else, practice makes you better. Um, I've written a lot of books and I think I get better each time I do it. Um, my process gets better, my writing gets tighter. So it's a lot, whether, you know, whether they're published or not, it's keeping at it and continuing to do it, really. That is very good advice. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're working on now? So I am working on in the, uh, a spinoff of Only in America. And we are going to be focusing directly on each state. So a book about each state. Um, and if your readers had to guess which two states we're doing first, I'm thinking they might be able to get the answer, um, but they are California and Texas because they are two of the most populous states. The big ones. The big ones. I mean, granted, Alaska is big too. There's just, at the moment, not as many readers as in sure. California and Texas. <laughs> Um, and so that's, I'm deep into the research for that. And California has been great because I am here and I'm able to go and visit a lot of the places. And Texas, I have actually been emailing a lot of my author friends. There's a lot of children's book authors in Texas that's who true. have been feeding me with some great intel. That's awesome. And I've had a chance just for our listeners to take a peek at some of the interiors for California and it is looking fantastic. I'm also from California and I'm like, this is, this is doing California a good job. So excellent. Excellent. (laughs) Well, I want to thank you again so much, Heather, before I let you go though, I wanted to ask you one final question. And it's something that I ask everyone who stops by the podcast. And that is what makes you love a book? What brings you back to a book time and time again? Um, for, you know, for fiction, I love to be immersed in a story and be taken away. For nonfiction, I really love books that engage readers and make me want to share information. So the best thing that I love is when you can start a conversation with, did you know, um, especially mm-hmm. around a dinner table or in a classroom, I think it gets the community engaged and everybody likes to share facts and hopefully then you'll Take that little fact, and if you're interested, find out a bit more about it. So you've written your own perfect book because Only in America is just full of facts, and you could probably say one fact every dinner for the next hundreds of dinners. No, I'm I'm very I'm really really good at parties. I have lots of random (laughs) trivia in my head that I can start to spout out every now and then, and. That's awesome. I love that. Well, thank you again so much, Heather. This has been an absolute treat. Thank you, Mel. I love doing this. Thank you so much for listening to our chat with Heather Alexander. Only in America, The Weird and Wonderful 50 States is available online and in bookstores and libraries at the end of this month, November. We'd like to see you some... Thank you so much for listening to our chat with Heather Alexander. 
Only in America, The Weird and Wonderful 50 States is available online and in bookstores and libraries worldwide this November. We'd love to see you subscribe to Quarto Kids Cast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can find all available episodes at anchor.fm slash Cast. And hey, if you're enjoying Quarto Kids Cast, we'd be grateful if you left a review so others can hear about it too. Special thanks to Scott Holmes for our theme music, Steve Roth for his promotional vocal stylings, Heather Alexander for stopping by to talk to us, and of course, to you, the listener, for tuning in. Until next time.